Hello, everyone. Welcome back to La Saludable Latina podcast. We are your hosts, Lilia Gomez and Dr. Chelly. We created this space to promote health awareness within women's health issues. Each episode is made with love and support with the purpose of inspiring and empowering you. We motivate each other in support of a healthier lifestyle. In this week's episode, we are going to talk about Lilia. Lisas, here we go. Well, thanks for agreeing to be interviewed for today's episode. Um, of course. I don't know why I feel a little nervous, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That was me last week. So, okay. You know, uh, so how about we learn a little bit about you? So why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Hi, everyone. I hope everyone's off to a great after post Thanksgiving holiday because I'm kind of still full on the Thanksgiving dinner. I know you are too, Chelly. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm super excited to share a little bit about myself in regards to who I am. So I'm Lilia. I come from a family of all women and I'm actually the fourth child. So I am the youngest. So mm. imagine growing up with a house full of women. Ugh, you don't understand my pain unless you come from an all woman family. <laughs> but having that said, I did grow up with role models in my family, my mother mm. and my three sisters. We were all mujeres. So at a very early age, I was taught the role of a woman, what we do. So it was just kind of like the norm in our household. The only member in the family that was a man was my dad, you know, and mm -hmm. we're a very small knit family, but I do have a lot of family across the states. Uh, that's why I always tell my friends to always enjoy your family while you're near to them because I don't really know what it is to have that unless I'm driving or flying somewhere mm. to go visit them. So having that said, I was really inspired by learning a lot of things um, from my mom and my sisters. Pretty much, it was kind of like, don't do this, don't do that. And then eventually, I just kind of learned to grow and be my own person. So out of my whole family, I am a first-time college graduate. And I didn't go to college right away. As a matter of fact, it took me a little bit of time to kind of figure out where I wanted to go with my life. Mm -hmm. Because in high school, I was set with the intention of being a veterinarian. And everybody in my family and my friends knew, Lily's going to go study to be a veterinarian. And after graduating from high school, I was accepted into Cal Poly Pomona. And I remember when I went, I was super excited to start college. First of all, because no one in my family has gone and then I was excited to start this new journey but then I got intimidated with a course that was known as zoology hmm. and that kind of intimidated because I kind of felt like high school to college I didn't really quite feel prepared to jump into college right away mm -hmm. so I kind of took a step back and decided to wait on it in a little bit I don't know why I feared it um, I wish I would have thrived full on but I had to actually take a step back so Lily, when you did when you did that, is that a process that you had to formally tell the university, like like a leave of absence type, or did you just leave? I actually decided to not attend the university because I wanted to make sure that if I was going to go study being a veterinarian, that this was going to be the role that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I think the commitment that came behind that was the fear that I didn't know what was really going to be the unknown for me. So I decided to postpone going to Cal Poly Pomona and kind of go into work. And then eventually I signed up for Santa Ana College. So mm. I am a Santa Ana College graduate, for those of you that don't know. And I took my time there and switched my major like 
several times because I love to do a little bit of everything and that's why I'm probably I'm starting this podcast. But having that said, I graduated from Santa Ana College and then once I narrowed it down, I figured that I actually had a passion for health. Mm-hmm. And I actually studied a little bit of sports medicine when I was in Santa Ana College and eventually graduated with an associate's in arts to transfer to Cal State Long Beach to go into community health. Cal State Long Beach was one of the best experiences for me. Obviously, the campus wasn't far from home, mm-hmm. but it did allow me the opportunity to be away from the family, but also grow as an individual. And going into community health was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made because my passion kind of grew from there and to where I am at now. I got my bachelor's in science in community health. Okay. So I graduated. And then from then, it was just kind of like, well, where do I go from here? My intention was to go into nursing school and also social work because mm-hmm. I kind of had a passion for both directions. And I actually applied for nursing school and I got into a couple of schools, but I also love social work because I had an opportunity to already work in the medical field. Mm-hmm. My first job was in the ER. And then from there, I went to go work for urology oncology floor in another hospital. So I kind of saw a lot where patients were being diagnosed and already having the treatment, post-surgery and taking care of them and being discharged. But I also saw that there was a barrier. Mm, What kind of barriers? The barrier of like, if the patient got diagnosed with cervical cancer, what did the patient do in advance before getting to that stage? Did she get any education? Did she do her annual screenings? Did she get connected to resources after her post-treatment? So that was my concern where I kind of saw case management was going to be a piece for me because Mm. I saw a different role that I wanted to take And it was a hard decision for me to make if I wanted to do nursing or social work. Eventually, I ended up choosing social work in the macro level. That's awesome because you're you're right. You know, we we really need a lot of more social workers to be able to connect the the resources. Um, Very similar to my experience, I think I shared about the brain surgery and I looked at the Latino family like, oh, my God, what kind of counseling are they going to get? We don't really think about it in terms of the aftercare and where do people go and i see it in my field when um, they're discharged from the psychiatric hospital and the social work social workers are such a key person in the health care of the individuals because they they're uh, you know maybe this isn't the right way to say it but they're like hustlers like they're trying to figure out where where are the yeah. resources where should people go? What what are some of their needs? So that's pretty cool. So one of the things that got me to thinking if um, if this was the right decision and right path for me was seeing if I was going to be able to really connect the people on a macro level versus mm-hmm. micro level because there's a difference between micro and macro level. So I made my decision to study for the macro level, meaning I wanted to work with clinic and hospitals and being able to structure programs to seeing where the need is and structuring a program into the community to receive those health education awareness services. Mm -hmm. To be able to take control of a primary care prevention way in advance before it gets to late stage diagnosis. So that's the path I took and I actually decided to take that path in Texas because I'm talking about my life, like what happened in 30 years and trying to expand it into like this interview. (laughs) Right. But when I made the decision to move to Texas was because my husband was offered a position out there. Okay. At first I was a little nervous. I was like, I'm a California girl. I'm never (laughs) going to leave California. I don't think you get that. 
And then eventually I thought about X, Y, and Z. What could really go wrong if I did leave California? One was family. I had my family here. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave my family. But also my job was here and I was stable. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave that because I already had created networks, um, structuring here with my academics. And I had a fear of like starting all over again in another state. But thankfully, I went with my gut and I said, what do I have to lose? Mm-hmm. You know. So at the time, I was engaged to my husband and applied for graduate school at the University of Texas Pan American, which is also known now as the University of Rio Grande Valley area, which if y'all don't know, is McAllen, Texas, mm-hmm. out in south deep I of Texas. I might have a friend that teaches there actually. So yeah. yeah, I got to learn a lot of people out there in the academics and the communities. And it was probably one of the best decisions that I made because madure como una persona. And I also thrive as an individual academically and on personal levels too, because I had the fear of like, what if I fail? Mm-hmm. And no one's around me, no friends, no family. I don't have that support system. But I had my husband out there with me too. So I just said, let's go. I'm going to ride the bull by its horns and <laughs> arrancar. So I left and I got to live in Texas for about two years. I finished my first year in graduate school. And then my husband said, I don't want to sound like I'm selfish, but I have an opportunity to come back to California with mm-hmm. another agency. So I thought about it long and hard because graduate school is really intense. And right. it's a decision that you try to make, like you commit, you commit. So I thought about it long and hard because of licensing. Mm-hmm. Was Did I want to get licensed in Texas? And was I able to work in California? Because there's so many tricks and loops to that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sacrifice. I said, well, I can always come back to California and finish my graduate degree out here, which I'm trying to do this year is mm-hmm. reapply for the graduate program. And hopefully if I get into San Diego State, I can finish my graduate degree there. Oh, that, um, that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of my goals out here. But I got too comfortable working realistically because coming back to California compared to Texas, the cost of living. Yeah. Such a difference. Right. Um, so I had to work because I have to provide for myself and for my little family, which is just my husband and I and Jordan. And actually, Jordan came back with us. She's a rescue dog from McGowan, Texas. So she's here now with us. But I needed that income, that stable income to be mm-hmm. able to provide for myself and for my husband. So I got a little too comfortable working. And then I realized not too long ago when I met you was that <laughs> one phrase that your academic professor or your oh, mentor. Our, me- our mutual friend. Yeah. I yeah. think it was a phrase is, that's a lot of debt for something that you don't have. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is our mutual friend that said... Uh, Uh, at the lowest point when I really wanted to quit graduate school or my program, he said, that's a lot of money to owe for a degree that you don't have. There you go. And um, I don't have a big loan right now, which was pretty awesome. Um, But I kept thinking about that because it's still a loan. And I'm thinking, you know, I took out a loan for a purpose. And I want to make sure that I finish what I started. And that's my goal for the new year of 2018 is we'll see if I get in and finish because... There's so many things I want to do with that graduate degree that I know that I can still do on a personal level, but also as a professional level. So I'm here in San Diego now working for a nonprofit clinic. And hopefully if I get accepted, I'll begin in fall of 2018. Awesome. So well, we'll you'll see. definitely have to tell us. Maybe you can open your, <laughs> of your letter on 
on our podcast. I know, right? What if I don't get in? Oh my God. No. Then we can talk about that too. (laughs) Yeah, the stresses of trying to get into graduate school, it's definitely there because your bachelor's degree is like the fun part. The graduate degree is the seriousness of it. You know, Mm -hmm. you really have to put a lot of time and effort. I mean, when I was in Texas, I didn't even work full time. I worked part time because I couldn't work full time and go Mm -hmm. to school full time. But having that said, when I was actually earning my bachelor's degree, I worked two part-time jobs while paying for my bachelor's degree. So everything is possible if you put your mind into it. You will struggle here and there, but just remember, stay motivated to accomplish that. And I'm still trying to stay motivated to be able to accomplish that. That's awesome. Uh, So another question that I had was, how long have you had the La Saludable Latina podcast? Okay, so the podcast actually started when I came back to San Diego. So it's been about a good year, but I'm still trying to be more proactive with it. I put up episodes here and there, but we're trying to learn and grow. And now more now than ever, now that I have a co-host, I'm super excited (laughs) because we got so many ideas to bring forward on this podcast. Yeah. And so can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to produce the podcast? Of course. So when I was working as a women's case management for one of the nonprofit clinics, I used to work with women for breast referrals and GYN referrals. So a lot of the times I would work with gynecologists. Pero también trabajaba con mujeres que necesitaban referencias para el mama, mamograma. So a lot of the times when I would go on site to the clinics, especially for GYN clinic days, mm-hmm. is when a lot of women would actually open up to me behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Once they were done with the gynecologist, they will actually have to do a follow-up or procedure or make sure they're going for labs or a certain recommendation and treatment. So once they came and saw me before getting discharged, they will open up to me. Mm -hmm. And they will open up to me as in, if I knew this in advance, I would have taken care of the situation a lot sooner. Oh, wow. So that really empowered me because all of these women were coming to me and just really opening up to me. And I'm sitting there thinking... Oh my God, why aren't we voicing out this awareness to other Latinas who might be in the same process or shoes as you? Perhaps maybe not the same situation case scenario, but as long as we create that awareness, they can be aware of what to watch out for, what to look for, what recommendations should they be asking the doctors or what Mm -hmm. questions to address with the doctors. Because a lot of times... A lot of patients get intimidated with the doctor with the white coat. Right. Sometimes they go in there and say, oh, whatever the doctor recommends. But sometimes we have to voice out and advocate for oneself. Right. And a lot of the times I found myself advocating for the patient, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was a high need there. And that's why I started the podcast because I want to make sure we're able to address those stories into this platform, but also make an awareness with Dr. Chelly now that she's here mm-hmm. on board and just talk about all these topics that are not being addressed in Latino communities, or perhaps they might have been addressed, but maybe they're not being interpreted correctly. Mm-hmm. Right, and so, and then just for our listeners, um, you can listen to the podcast before this one, where I introduce myself, and so I have a doctorate in counseling psychology and a master's in public health, and um, I'm working currently on my license to be a psychologist. And Lily, a lot of what you're saying just really speaks, and I think this is why this is a great partnership because I also come about health from a macro and a micro uh, system where the macro level is like the top level, right? Yes. And that is what what are the 
it's more of like the public health piece yeah like you try to find the need of the community and then you try to work with either the public health department or the clinic or the hospital and really trying to collaborate with agencies and saying how can we bring this service that's needed into this area right so understanding so for me i understand things from the individual level right from the psychological perspective and integrated with culture but also within the system so when we talk about health it isn't that certain people don't want to be healthy we have to look at the environment and what what neighborhood do they live in do they have access to healthy food do they have access to parks with good lighting and where there is no crime Um, are there sidewalks you know when i lived in texas Um, I was so surprised (laughs) there are no sidewalks in places. I was like, what? (laughs) Especially where I was at. I mean, when I tell people South Texas, they look at me like, huh? Like where? It's different. It's different. They only think of San Antonio, Austin, and Dallas, which are the bigger cities. But I was in a very small town, rural. Like these towns were behind on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But it also let me open up to seeing and understanding their perspective and their needs Mm -hmm. so if anything i'm really thankful for the whole experience and i hope to go back to eventually do more research out there eventually yeah there's actually um a program it's like the colonias which are along the border yes yeah and so i never really got to see them but i did go to mcallen so i had a roommate that lived there and so i got to see a little bit but also it's so funny that we have like these like parallel experiences. I know, like some similarities um, too. Yeah, just learning about what it's like to live in a rural place was just very eye-opening that had I not left San Diego and, you know, the the city here, I would have never been exposed to that. So it's really cool because it also helps understand health in a different with a different lens yeah um that will allow us to to serve a lot more people i think yeah and that's our goal for this podcast is to serve more people on a broader perspective versus just at an appointment or clinic or Mm -hmm. at a community center is to really reach many people through this podcast and i'm really excited to do that and partner up with you in doing that yeah so what do you see as the mission of the podcast and since i've recently joined where do you see us going with it oh my god i see us going so many places (laughs) like i envision the podcast to be a successful one um eventually because it's a work in progress right right every project has its sacrifice down times good times and as long as we keep the ball rolling we're going to get to where we want it to be but the mission of the podcast is to really let latina women know about a variety of health topics that are not being addressed or talked about or that i stigmatize mm-hmm. or hush hush don't speak about that because it's viewed differently with more traditional latinas so i want to be able to open up that dialogue and kind of open your heart to us as we are opening our hearts to you because mm-hmm. We're also going to get really personal with some of our experiences. Um, if you haven't listened to previous episode, I got really real with my pregnancy and my miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Something that I never thought I would go through that's very relatable to all the women. Right. Specifically Latinas because we have the pressure of this familia, you know. Mm-hmm. And when something like this occurs, it just kind of takes you for a whirlwind of emotions. And right. I'm kind of still dealing with the emotional part but I'm doing really well. So being able to create that platform for women to really understand and share their personal experiences while we're teaching them some valuable topics, that will be my main mission. Mm -hmm. But I know as we 
work along the project that that mission is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and hopefully impacting a lot of women to really understand where we're coming from. Yeah, and I think that what we also bring is that unique perspective in talking about culture, right? And how our culture, or at least by interest, our gender role beliefs. Yes. And how gender and culture can have an effect on our health and even our mental health. And so um, I'm hoping to sprinkle a little bit of that throughout. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we will, girl. Trust me, we're going we're gonna to have so many topics. It's, 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 I can't even describe it. I'm like, we're really excited, folks. Yeah. We're, we've got our list of topics and what we, you know, uh, one of them, I think we brainstormed something about feeling like you're in the wilderness. And, oh, my God. We not, need to talk about that. Yes. The nature kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can talk about the nature kind, too. Um, but yeah, we're super excited. And um, I'm really glad that you, I took the opportunity to be interviewed by Chelly. Um, I felt more at ease as I started talking. But that's only like a very small version of the entire life and experiences. Um, but we also hope to get to know our audience. And if you mm-hmm. see us around San Diego, because we're from San Diego, hey, hey now. <laughs> if you see us around in different areas, come say hi to us. Or if you have a personal story that you would like to share, we'll be more than thrilled to interview you and really share that experience to create awareness. Yeah, and uh, Lilia, what you were saying too was about inviting people to talk about um, different specialties that they have. Because I know that, you know, we know a lot, but we don't know everything. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so another mission of the podcast is to not only have real women share their real stories and real experiences, but we're also going to have healthcare professionals come on board and address questions that as a Latina, how to address it with the provider. Mm-hmm. Like, because like you said, we have our cultura that stands behind us. And sometimes we're not always made for Western medicine. Right. So we also want to talk about holistic approaches. Mm-hmm. Como, what's that one saying? Que las mamás siempre dicen, vayan con la curandera. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we want to talk about holistic approaches too, because um, holistic and Western is taking a change and you know, right. in a couple of years of coming. And I know one of the things that I want to talk about as I'm learning more about it is lifestyle medicine. Exactly. So I went to this conference in Sacramento. Um, I got invited to speak there to talk about promotoras and research ethics. Um, but then this doctor came on, medical doctor, and she was talking about how um, the some of the doctors are, there's this movement to move away from medications yeah. and actually change the way that we eat you know from a plant-based diet uh or you know from like animal products to, to plant-based. plant-based and yeah, so i've heard of that too for our for our gente is like what does that mean yeah um, i know that i, mean, I started tacos, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't mean that you have to completely change exactly. right um but i know that i started juicing at one point and my parents are like well what is that and you know quiero ese jugo verde you know ese jugo rojo it has beets in it and so really understanding and i myself this is a journey for myself as i become a healthier person that Um, is so true and as a matter of fact since we're talking about that we might be doing challenges on this podcast like fitness lifestyle eating uh, plant-based you know just to try it out and give you our feedback as a latina you know like what was the most difficult you know yeah um from beginning to end and just seeing if if it worked out or if it didn't and keeping it real like yeah is it a go-go or is it a no-no <laughs> <laughs> well you know i have this friend that introduced me so he's vegan and he introduced me to vegan restaurants and at first i was like what's that like can i eat anything 
And there's a couple here in San Diego that are really delicious. And uh, my mom went with me to an event um, not too long ago in Escondido. And it was a, a vegan restaurant. I didn't even know. And she tried it and she said she liked it. So I was like, yes, you know, she's she's mm-hmm. open to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely having maybe some challenges about. Of course. And then also having some of those um, restaurants talk about why they decided to start a vegan oh, restaurant. Yeah. Because I yeah. think that's really important. Like vegan doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to let go of everything because there's different stages. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll make that a topic because there's so much information to share on that. But um. I'm glad I took the opportunity to share a little bit about me and hopefully in the next couple episodes we'll start sharing more and more as we go. Yeah, so please subscribe to our podcast. Uh, I know that we're up on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Yes. Not sure if we're on the other platforms, but Not we will yet. be. Yeah, so right, one of the things we're going to be working on together is revamping the website. Mm-hmm. We're going to be working on lots of things, strategizing, but we're here Come and subscribe, listen up, and if you have a story to share, let us know. Yeah, you can email us at lasaludablelatina at gmail.com. Okay, chicas, hasta luego. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.